Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Welcome back for part two of Introversion versus Extroversion, which is part of our overall series of the MBTI or Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Let's jump right in. And real quick, going back to that idea of extroverts being seen as confident and introverts being seen as not confident at times, that kind of goes along with what Tim just said, that there's no pathology in either one, that it's not right or wrong. Both of them have strengths. And one thing I think about is that introverts have what I like to call this quiet confidence, whereas extroverts, you can see them, in a sense, talking themselves into a corner. And not always, but sometimes it's because they're not as comfortable with silence as introverts are. Because oftentimes it's that extrovert who feels uncomfortable in that quietness that they kind of have to fill it and they're talking and talking and talking. And that introvert is just okay just sitting there and they're totally fine listening. And they don't have that anxiety to fill the silence, especially when there's an extrovert there doing it for them. And so I think that just goes to show that that idea that introverts are typically not confident and extroverts are confident isn't always true, right? I think that introverts have a different way of showing that confidence, just like extroverts have a different way of showing that confidence. And so as we look at this, there really are pros and cons to both. There are things that both sides need to watch out for. And I think one of the things for extroverts, we need to make sure that we're not interrupting and taking over the conversation and talking nonsense just to talk and fill the silence. And as extroverts, we need to slow down and really listen more. And then for introverts, working on and learning skills about how to insert yourself into conversations, participate in conversations, and absolutely making sure that you're expressing your thoughts and feelings and needs, even though sometimes that can be difficult to do. And so in relationships, that's really important because, especially as an extrovert, As you recognize that it takes a lot for the introvert to share and open up about certain things, you want to make sure that you just don't come across as if you're shutting their ideas down. Maybe you're kind of brainstorming and having different ideas, but that may come across to them as you didn't appreciate their ideas or even consider their ideas. So make sure in that conversation as an extrovert, you're really validating what they said because it does often take a lot for them to share and open up. So there's a really interesting aspect of this is that people who are extroverts tend to be what's called external processors, meaning they kind of think out loud. And external processors, when they're considering and they're thinking things, it really, it costs them very little to craft a sentence and then make a statement. Versus for internal processors or introverts, they think inside of their heads and it costs them a lot of energy and it costs them a lot to make a statement. And I think a lot of times what introverts and extroverts run into is this difficult place where the extrovert is fine continuing the conversation, but the introvert's not because the introvert made a statement and that statement cost them $100 to make. But then for the extrovert, it cost them five cents to make a statement. And so the introvert very quickly realizes if I keep this going, I'm going to be bankrupt very soon. And so then what they do is they tend to Going back to another episode where we talked about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they go back to stonewalling where they're like, no, no, I'm just going to put up this wall and it's buried. I'm not going to say anything. I just lost a hundred bucks. I'm not going to put in another hundred bucks. First for the extrovert, they're like, oh, I could put down five cents all day. This is not a big deal for me. And recognizing just like Ruth was saying that when the introvert is speaking, 
You want to make sure you don't just roll over their statement that costs them $100. And it's not to say an introvert statement is more valuable, but it was more costly to produce. And so if you're an extrovert and you're with somebody who's an introvert, making sure that you recognize when they say something that took a lot out of them to do that. And if you very quickly chop that down, they're not likely to bring another $100 to put on the table. Absolutely. And that's in deep conversation and conflict that we want to make sure, especially in those situations that we're honoring that and creating a safe space for your partner. But also it's in just the daily things that you're asking their input in, making sure that you're considering it. Because I know one thing that you and I have run into is I'll ask a question kind of thinking out loud and that same idea of brainstorming. So even if we walk into church and I say, oh, where should we sit? I mean, together, let's think about where should we sit or let's figure this out together where we can sit. And if you make a decision, we start heading there. And then on the way there, I say, oh, actually, let's sit here. Then that's difficult for you because that's not just brainstorming to you. And it's the same thing with something as simple as food choices, right? If I say, oh, where should we eat? I'm asking in a sense of brainstorming, like, oh, I have a couple ideas. What are your ideas? But if you put in the energy and the effort to decide and I make a different suggestion and say, no, let's go here. I think as an introvert, you just learn, well, what's the point in even giving my opinion if it's not going to be chosen? And it's not a matter of I have to choose your way, but it's a matter of difference in perspective in asking that question. I'm asking as a brainstorm because in that case, it could be yours or it could be my decision. Whereas for you, when I say, where should we eat? from your perspective. It's a question directed to you. And I want you to make a decision. Yeah, absolutely. And then jumping back to what you were just saying about the church thing, right? It's not just the brainstorming aspect of it. But if we go and we sit somewhere, and then we get up and we move somewhere else, I feel social spectacle, like people are watching and paying attention to me. And a part of introverts versus extroversion is that extroverts don't mind eyes on them. But introverts can get very uncomfortable. They want to blend in. They don't really want to be noticed. And so I think for me, that's the part that I struggle with. Well, oh, why are they moving? What do they get up? And now people probably aren't thinking. They probably don't care at all. But that goes through my mind. And so that's an extra level of energy I have to put into something as simple as we sat down or we got up and we moved somewhere else. Another situation where introverts may excel in is in situations where they require complex thought and preparation, whereas extroverts a lot of times they can pop up and do a quick speech or kind of a spur of a moment talk. And I think this is really funny because when Tim has a speaking engagement, he practices and he does a lot of preparation and work ahead of time. And I remember we had a talk and we were talking about this where that would really, really benefit me if I stopped and I did that. But a lot of times it is that idea of external processing that I think I even told him one time, it's hard for me to think in my brain. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to speaking engagements, I have officiated four different weddings. And when I'm getting ready for the ceremony, I mean, I will spend just hours and hours and hours just reading and practicing and reading and practicing and doing it over and doing it over and rewording it and practicing my inflection and all these kinds of things so that when it comes time to do it, I can almost do it on autopilot. And so for me, it's very structured and rigorous whenever I'm doing any type of public speaking because I have in mind what I want to say and I want to make sure I say all the things that I want to say and I want to make sure that I say them the way that I want to say them. Right, and you feel comfortable having that much structure and having it laid out and knowing exactly the words to say, whereas I feel confined. 
So right before this, when I said, I can't think in my brain that sometimes it's hard for me to genuinely, as silly as it sounds, to think in my brain. And in those situations, I feel so confined in having every single word written down and not having the freedom to improvise and veer from the script. If in the moment something else pops up that I think is a really great idea and something that needs to be addressed. But like I said, I can certainly benefit from slowing down and thinking through things ahead of time. But I think part of that is that's the difference between us is that I work best on an outline and a general overview and idea. And Tim can certainly do that. He's actually really great at doing that, especially when it's something that he's passionate about. But when it's something like a wedding that's so special and important to him and to the other people. And he wanted to be as close to perfect as possible. He really takes the time and he puts in the work behind the scenes to make sure that it comes across just like he wanted it to. Now, another thing that's very interesting about introverts versus extroverts, and this is definitely something that we've run into in our marriage, is that I think for you, when we get into conflict, you are very quick to apologize and you want to reconcile really quickly. And I think a lot of times the hurt or the wounding from a negative interaction for you winds down much quicker than for me. A lot of times it's a little bit more of a slow simmer. It kind of takes a little bit more time for that to wind down for me. And I'm a little slower to apologize. And I think a part of this goes to that social difference between us is where you're trying to make sure to maintain that social connection by resolving it. But for me, I'm very internal with how I'm thinking and I'm focusing on the feelings or the hurt or the frustration. And that takes more time for me to calm down than to come back and apologize. And I think couples get into this problem a lot of times where one person never seems to apologize. And I think a part of it could be the extrovert is more quick to apologize. And the introvert later on is more apt to be willing to apologize after things have calmed down. But also, like we were saying earlier, is then it might feel like weird or shoehorned in for the introvert to then come back and be like, you know what, I've calmed down. I'm sorry. I think at one point I'd even told you, I said, hey, if we get into a conflict, don't come to me and apologize yet because I will feel forced to apologize even though I'm not ready. And so then it will kind of be a fake apology. But if I can apologize on my own terms after I've calmed down, then I'm able to give a more real, full and genuine apology if I can do it on my own terms. Yeah, it's not that I just want to say I'm sorry and get over it. It's that I desire to have that conversation and work through that conflict pretty quickly so that we can come to that resolution. So it's not that I want to smooth over it with no real resolution, but it reminds me of that pursuer distancer relationship that we've talked about in the past episode, where a lot of times I can be the pursuer and I have to recognize that I need to give you that space. Otherwise, if I keep pushing, you're going to distance yourself. Even something as simple as you apologizing before I'm ready can feel like you're pursuing. Even though you're not really, you're just genuinely trying to apologize, but it feels like I'm being forced into that conversation or being forced into apologize. Because if you apologize and I don't, that definitely makes me look like a jerk. (laughs) Well. And so I know we've said this a million times, but really being able to look at the tools we talk about and in this series, the personality, that it really is more about figuring out how can I meet the needs of the other person while still honoring who I am and really kind of coming to this compromise, knowing that I have to take a step back and be slower to speak, quicker to listen. And I need to step up to the plate, make sure I share my feelings and tell you what's going on with me. And so as we sum up this introversion, extroversion, and knowing that really is this idea of how do I recharge? How do I get my energy? 
Do I need time alone to be recharged? Or do I need time out and about in social situations? It's really meeting that need for each other. Knowing that Tim and I are so different in that, it really does take compromise to figure out, okay, where's a good middle ground? And honestly, for us, making sure that I don't fill up his schedule or our schedule as a family too much. But then I also have to make sure that I'm not a stick in the mud and I go out (laughs) and I let you engage and enjoy your social aspect with me along with you. And this doesn't always have to be together, right? So anytime I asked him, hey, can I go to this event or do you want to go with me? If it's something I want to go as a family, I'll certainly ask him and I'll say, hey, this is really important. I think it would be great if we can go there as a family or together. But there's a lot of times where I'll just ask him, hey, there's this event. Do you want to come with me? Knowing that either one is okay, that I'm okay going there on my own, I'm totally okay with him staying home and recharging. And as an introvert, I appreciate that so much. And because she always gives me that option, I want to try as much as I am emotionally able to, to go out with her because I know that her just going out fills it to a certain degree, but her going out with me along with her fills her up even more. And so a part of this is recognizing you do have your own individual needs. But you also want to be, as much as you reasonably can, be sacrificial to your partner so that you can help them meet their needs as much as possible. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, our next part of our series is going to be sensing and intuition of the overall series of the MBTI. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.